0: Thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to the Michelle Miao Show. Today is Sunday, so that means we will be hearing from B.B. Sweetbrier. Let's welcome It's Everything with B.B. Sweetbrier.
1: Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of It's Everything with me, your hostess, B.B. Sweetbrier. It is here where we promise to bring you everything, every time, for everybody. And today is Sunday, February the 7th. This is our first show in the month of February, we've already gone through January. So quickly they go by. We are the weekly Sunday segment of the Michelle Meow Show, and so I'm really happy to be here with you. As always, we have a wonderful show lined up for you. I've got a couple of great interviews for you that I hope you will enjoy as much as I enjoyed um, speaking with them. They are pre-recorded, but they're no less. Um, interesting just because of that. so um, but my first guest today will be somebody who's local from San Francisco, uh, a legend in her own right. Um, she is one of the few um, female DJs, prolific female DJs um, that plays a lot all over the Bay Area and the country and is um, the only female that is currently on 105.7. FM as a DJ. So um, she's kind of like paving the way for a lot of folk out there. But I'm talking about DJ Val G, who will be playing at the wonderful Dinah Shore down in Palm Springs at the end of March, beginning of April. I'll have a little bit more about that um, in a little bit. But um, so that's my first guest. We'll talk a little bit with her. And then, second, coming up is I have a UK. Uh, openly gay artist recording artist um who just released his third um album and called uh the oh god I'm, i forgot real quick i i don't know why i'm always been doing that i've been forgetting um uh, stuff like that but i'll when i introduce him regularly i'll remember it again <laughs> Of course. But his third LP, but his debut single from the LP is Star. And we'll be listening to that as well as speaking with Roth. Uh, solo and um, he called in from the good old UK, so it was really fun to speak with him. So those are our two guests for the day. Um, I just want to bring up a couple of updates for you, or primarily one major update for you. Um, but the 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 main thing is that this whole month of February is Black History Month, and so um, hopefully I'll be able to co- um, cover some some pertinent. Um, uh, uh, people or things that have happened with civil rights as it deals with LGBTQ community and the significant um, African Americans or um, people of color um, in that movement as we move along the month. Um but one person involved in that, which is I kind of that was kind of my segue, if you didn't get that. But my segue is RuPaul, of course, the mama of all drag. RuPaul's drag race um just announced its eighth season. Um and it also announced its eight or excuse me, it's 12 contestants on that season. Uh, This past Tuesday. So it will begin on March the 7th. I do believe. First Monday in uh, March. Will be the uh, opening season show. But they're going to be having some premiere shows. Across the country. Where you'll be able to see the first episode. Before it actually airs on Logo. And San Francisco. Happens to be one of those locations. And that will actually be happening on Sunday, February the 28th. So there you go. And guess what? Rue herself will be at that premiere with the 12 girls from season 8 and I'm sure many of the girls from past season. So I thought that was great. It will be at Mezzanine. And um, you can go to uh, the website at www.mezzaninesf.com. And it will lead you to the tickets. I do know tickets range from 40 to $75 in advance. The show does begin at 8 p.m. Also, they'll be bringing along, of course, a wonderful DJ in Lady Bunny. She'll be spinning the beats. And the um, actual introduction of the season 8 contestants will be done by uh, season 6 winner, Bianca Del Rio. So that is a major you know, but you saw the segue, African-Americans, gay African-Americans, LGBTQ, and I introduced RuPaul. And that's the way it works here. We just kind of segue right into it. But we're going to take a quick break. And when I come back, we'll have our first interview with DJ Valjee.
2: G-R-E-C-A-R-E dot Allegra Home Care, serving your community.
1: Well, hello, 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 and welcome back. I'm so glad you stayed with us. Um, as I said before we went to break, I have the wonderful privilege of speaking with DJ Val G um, earlier in the year. Um, in preparation for her, um, Her um, she'll be gigging or playing, I guess is what, playing, gigging, same thing, um, at the Dinah this year at Palm Springs, which happens between March 30th and April 3rd down there in the hot desert. Um, it is the largest lesbian um, festival or event, I do believe, in uh, the the world. So um, there will be tons of people there, and um, I don't know if y'all remember from other previous mentions that I have made that um, it's everything is a media sponsor for the Dinah, so we will be speaking with a few of the prominent entertainers and DJs that that will be there this year on this program, and DJ Valjee just happens to be the first one primarily because she's a local gal here in the San Francisco Bay Area, so it was wonderful to chat with her, and she is just a joy. Uh, very intelligent and knows her business. And so, without further ado, here is DJ Valgie. Hey, how you doing? I'm fine, thank you. It's so good to have you on the other. You too. Yeah, I always. Well, I do want to definitely first congratulate you on getting your, your DJ spot at the upcoming Dinah. Thank you so much. I know I'm super excited about it. You are. You know, it's just like one of those things where. I, and you've played many huge events, you've played SF Pride, you've played other huge things, but I don't know, I don't know, just because, just because when I know I'm in front of my own peeps, and there's going to be a whole bunch of them, I just, I just get overwhelmed, so I know you must be overwhelmed. It's a lot, but I think that's part of what I love about it, you know? hmm mm-hmm. Now you start, you're from the Bay Area, correct? you're correct, you're a native San Franciscan.
3: Yeah, born and raised South San Francisco.
1: Wow. My whole family's still out here. Yeah. You know, and, and it's it's one of those things because I know that San Francisco really has a wealth of talent when it comes to DJing producers, that type of thing. Locally and I, I don't think a lot of times San Francisco gets its due. I think a lot of people when they think about California DJs, they automatically revert to Los Angeles. But I to think Los Angeles, a wealth of talent that is just you know it kind of like it goes underneath the radar but when you need it you know you, you pop up you know what I mean <laughs> kind of like that type of thing but it's just amazing to me how much talent and of course you're one of those. Thank you so much
3: it's actually it's funny that you bring that up because we were I was just having this conversation with somebody about you know and this has been a long time thing in the Bay Area where a lot of artists that are so amazing are just not getting the recognition that they deserve. It's so funny because maybe about four years ago, I called it, uh, there were a few up and coming Bay Area artists, they were putting out work, and I told a couple people, I was like, give it a few years, the Bay Area is going to get a little bit of shine, we got some people that are going to get on. And they doubted me, they were like, nope, you don't know, the Bay Area is never going to be on, we're always going to be under the radar. What happened in three years? We got I Am Sue, platinum. We got Sage the Gemini, platinum. We've got g Easy. He's got the number one album in the iTunes store right now. We've got K Lonnie that just was Grammy nominated from Richmond. So many different things happened within the last three years. I mean, the Bay Area is blessed right now to be putting out music that's actually getting recognized by some big time artists nationwide you know yeah. it's an exciting time Yeah, it, it is an exciting time especially to be a DJ out here at the same time you know
1: yeah,
3: yeah. Um, I've been blessed with that because what was it maybe about two years ago they brought me on as the only female DJ on the radio station Hot 105.7 out here in the Bay Area And it was at the perfect timing because now we've got these artists doing these amazing things and we get the opportunity to get their record on air, actually get them some right. things, you, can, you, you know, more, like, you get them some them plays, plays and more. it's
1: great. Yeah, I love that, I love that. And I love the, I love exactly what you said, though, in there, without you probably even knowing that you said it, is how much each of the artists support one another. And I think that is even one of the better things about why, when they, when they become who they become... Um, Who they're destined to become There's always a group of people That come with them Because they've helped Support each other Because
3: they want to Bring them You know Have their back And bring them along For the ride It's true Because I was just talking About that artist I am too And he was an up-and-comer And right now He's about to release One of his 30 P's and usually, you know, you would, like his last album, he brought on a bunch of people, big names, to kind of get him out there. This year, this album, it's all local producers, local artists. He didn't bring on any big names. And so he's, like,
1: putting them on, and it's great. Right. That's, that's, what, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's like, okay, hey, I got mine. I'm going to come back and get y'all. Yeah. Come on, come on. And, and get y'all. And that's really great. That's a, that's a wonderful thing. Now, who gave you your big break? I know, I know you kind of, like, came into DJing like back in 2001 um if I recall the story you got a couple of turntables somehow some way and started you know that's when your journey of becoming who you are now started but who kind of gave you your big break or gave you the opportunity to shine number one because like you mentioned before a woman dj is not you know commonplace Particularly one that has been given the opportunity to run with it, so to speak, you know, not being under the the tutelage of somebody else or being kind of that sidekick DJ of somebody else. Um, Who gave you that big break to shine?
3: Man, you know, I've been blessed with a couple of big breaks, but to start it off, you kind of already mentioned it. I was uh, really good friends with this. uh, One of my really good friends back in the days, he was a producer, he had all this DJ equipment, and I used to go to his house just to play around with his stuff. One day, I don't know how it happened, but he was like, here, I got something for you. Mm -hmm. And Straight just gave me two technique turntables. He's like, here's for Christmas. I was like, are you serious? They were used, but it was like the biggest thing that ever happened to me, so I brought those home playing around so that was kind of my first big break that kind of gave me what I needed to kind of go a little bit further you know yeah. from that point it was kind of like me hustling practicing trying to get somewhere and then what what kind of brought me to where I'm at now would be three people in particular one would be DJJ Pro he's a, he's one of my really good friends that I grew up with Chewy Gomez and DJ My Motion. Yeah. Um, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be on the bay. I wouldn't be on the radio. I wouldn't be able to be working with all these artists. You know, I wouldn't have some of the opportunities that I have now. They put me on straight up. They could have picked anybody in the whole bay. And believe me, because there's only a few slots on the station, everybody wants it. Right. Exactly. Right. You know, yeah. everybody wants oh. that slot to be on air and. They gave it to me and i 'm the only female on the radio station too so
1: it 's pretty dope it 's a blessing well, you know you, and you brought up about there 's only a few there 's only a few opportunities out there. Um, period, And then you kind of dwindle it down to how many of this and how many of that. If you play the numbers game, you know, how many how many people of color, how many... You know, you, you got to keep playing this numbers game. But right now, because DJing, so to speak, and I'm, I'm going to explain why I say so to speak in a minute. Um, everybody and their grandmama wants to be a DJ. You know what I mean? It's like, everybody thinks that I can be a DJ. And what I loved about your commentary in the beginning is you talked about something called turntables, where a lot of our um, young folk out here today DJing have 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 maybe a little bit of an idea of what you're talking about, but <laughs> but you and I know exactly. And I love. When I hear some young people who say that, yeah, I'm I'm learning how to DJ, and I have somebody teaching me how to do them back on turntables. We're learning how to mix on that. We're learning how to do all this kind of stuff, and I'm like, that's what I'm talking about because so many yeah. people. Thank God for for technology. Thank God for it advancing us in the world today in so many areas, but. I remember when I started school. Now, I don't want to go back how long ago that was, but computers came out while I was in (laughs) high school. And when those, when that was happening, I remember my mother, who happened to be a mathematician, would not allow me to take tests without using a slide rule. She didn't want me to use a calculator because she said, you need to know the rudiments of what you're doing. And then one day you can go ahead and pick up a calculator, but I want you to make sure you know how to calculate in your head and, you know, and with the bare, the bare bones instrument. And that's what I think is what's missing with some of the DJs that we have today is they're so used to pushing that button on the computer so it matches the beats. And all that kind of stuff. And they they don't have the rudiments of DJing such as you do, where it was nothing but a needle and a turntable, and you had to do everything manually. Do, do you have any comments yeah. about what you're seeing about the progression of, of DJing, and who's actually becoming DJs?
3: That one's more of a difficult question to answer, because, you know, I kind of, I almost have two different points of view on
1: it,
0: mm-hmm.
3: you know? um the technology's changed so many different industries and in the, in the DJ game being one of them in particular, you know, uh-huh. what about it? Like, to the newer DJs coming up, like, I get where they're coming from. You know, there's not as much access for them to actually learn on turntables and a lot of the OG DJs, they're a little bit more not as open to maybe teaching, so they kind of got to do what they got to do and, you know, like like you said, with the technology, the barriers to entry are... Have, or to the ground, so all it takes is download a few songs by a controller and get an Instagram page and now you think you're doing your thing, you know? Right. The thing that gets me is, I don't know, I guess what you're saying is pay a little bit of respect and, give, you know, pay some homage to the to the trade.
1: Right. You
3: know, well, like, I, exactly. put in a little bit of work,
1: well, you know, like,
3: anything, like pay your anything. dues a little bit instead of just creating an Instagram page, putting, you know, calling a couple promoters and then, you know, saying, I'll DJ your party for free, <laughs> just to get exposure. that's the part that's getting me because, you know, I, I DJ to pay my rent. Right. I
1: DJ to eat. This is your living. Yeah, You exactly. know, exactly. Like, tra- this
3: I, is I what I do you. to I support you. myself. So when you've got these other DJs coming in and then you know that they just took your gig because they did it for free. And then the next time that the promoter calls you and they are like, well, this is my rate and this is what I charge to eat. And then they just go ahead and call that new DJ that was free again, you know, it's, it, that's the thing that kind of, I guess, I have the problem with. Yeah. It's okay. If you got to use these controllers, whatever, whatever, you want to do whatever you got to do to get in the game, and you hustle to get to where you're at, you know, I can only respect that, but at least respect the game, the industry, and all the people that have been doing it beforehand so that you don't ruin things, right. you know, because we all, there's no, there's no, you know, um, union. There's no nothing like that, so it's all on us to make sure that we're keeping things, you know, at a professional
1: level. Yeah, and, and, and that I totally agree. And that, and that goes for a lot of things where it seems like, um, you know, as I speak to a lot of people in the LGBTQ community as far as, you know, uh, things that have happened before, the history, and many times I'm talking to people and they just don't have an interest of even knowing. It's not, it's not so much that they don't know, it's just that they don't even have an interest of wanting to know. Um, and, and a lot of that yeah. has to just do with, well, you know, that applied to you back in the day. We got this, we got that now. That ain't never going to happen again. We don't have to worry about that, you know. And, and it's like, you know, you kind of, uh, many, many people are kind of born in this world of privilege. No matter where you are There's privilege in every socioeconomic level There's somebody Mm -hmm. who feels they've got privilege No matter where you are And there's a lot of that going on today And I just kind of It kind of grinds me a lot You know Of not wanting to even know Um um, you know, the history of whatever it is that you're doing, either where you're working, the industry you're in, your ethnicity background, all of that. You know, people just don't want to know these days, and I'm just kind of confused about why that is. But um, but I also wanted to come... I am right there with you. <laughs> but I also want to touch upon the fact that, you know, we've got all these people who, who are GJ's producers, who are um, out there doing um, original material and, you know, getting a plethora of vocalists and producing... Uh, uh, big um, projects with multiple tracks you know and I'm talking like the David Gettas and the Calvin Harris's, and, yeah. and and a lot of what I'm saying what I'm getting to is a lot of those are, are male DJs producers doing that and I haven't yet seen the um, uprise of maybe female DJ producers such as yourself being given the opportunity to do the same thing is it something I'm not seeing or is it something that is not happening?
3: You know, I would say that it's happening on a very small level. hmm You know, um, the majority of the female DJs are probably not
1: producing. hmm
3: But of course, there are a few that I know that have put out a project here or there, but it's not like going to be a full EP or an album. It's like, here's a track
1: mm-hmm. or something like that. And, you know, I think that the problem is, is just...
3: The markets are not as big, and the reach isn't as big, and so the promotion, the distribution, it's just not there. And mm-hmm. so that's I kind of feel like where it's hitting its wall, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's because I know that there's some girls that have put some stuff out there, but you don't really hear it. It didn't get any. It didn't go far. You yeah. know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that that's what I was yeah trying to think. It's like it's probably there for, and I'm just not I'm not hearing it because like you're saying, it's just not getting the pump up. It's not <laughs> the juice behind it. Um, that it yeah. obviously deserves. Um, so so when you got the opportunity to play for Dinah, uh, and, and I'm going to throw this in with all the things that you've done on a large scale, such as the prides and so forth, what is it that you go through um, as you approach that day to prepare for something of that magnitude?
3: I go through a lot of music. <laughs> <laughs> I say that. I go through a lot of music, you know. A lot of a lot of organi- uh, organizing, you know. Something of this caliber probably do some like recording of sound bites or something to make it a little bit more unique. Mhm. Uh-huh.
1: Uh uh-huh. Yeah.
3: And then, I mean, it's hard because I've been doing this for so many years, and it's it's a trip because before each big event, I'll still get so anxious, and there's still that that nervousness. You know what I? But that's good. I like it though because I feel like it's good because I feel like okay. Yeah. I'm not comfortable this, this makes me ready it makes me more prepared you know it makes me want it more
1: it, it makes because you, know? you, you are number one you you want to you want to do well you want to mm-hmm. you, you want to make I think good. that's what it is yeah. and, and once you lose that once you lose that anxiousness and all of that, that's when you need to start saying, mm, I might need to hang this up because, it <laughs> is, but you know, it's like that's what <laughs> drives you to be the best you can be is those types of things. And, you know, to hear that you still have all of that after all this time is actually, you know, that's a blessing. That's something great for 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 you to know and for us to hear because we know that you're going to get to be like I, I want to do well. You want them. you want those ladies to have the time of their lives. And for many people that is exactly what it's going to be. It's going to be the time of their lives. It um, always amazes me that when you have events such as the Dinah White Party in Miami or Palm Springs and those types of things that have been around for a long time, some of them 30, you know, 30 years, that there's still a huge majority of people who are going to these events that are experiencing this for their first time. Uh, the time. of And you want them to walk away knowing, golly. You know what I mean? Like, no, one of this only happens once a year. I couldn't do this every week. I couldn't handle this anymore. <laughs> you know, I couldn't do this every week. But, um, you know, so that's what's so wonderful to know that everybody that's coming up, I know you and, and many of the, the, all the DJs and all the talent that comes to those events are just throwing it down as if it's the last time they'll ever be able to do something like this.
3: It's kind of how it you, it is kind of how I look at it. And also, you know, there's so many different women from so many different places, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the first time that some of them are going to hear me. You know, and the thing that's hard about DJing is, especially with such a diverse group, that uh, you have to hit different places to make sure that you please everybody, even though you can't please everybody at the same time.
4: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, um,
3: so it's important to just stay in control of what you're doing and also be super aware of the crowd. And that's why I think that the anxiousness comes in, because you want to do well. You want to make sure that everybody's amazing. And Plus, you've got all these other amazing women that are DJing as well, and they're so talented, and you want to do well for them, too. You know, like, Mm -hmm. there's no feeling like it. Let me tell you, I've been doing this for a long time, and there's just no feeling like it Yeah, um,
1: yeah.
3: Yeah. before and after.
1: Where do you see yourself... um, before, before I let you go, what where do you, where, what is, you have done this a long time, and you've, and you've broken down a lot of barriers. You know we've talked about that already as far as you being the only woman on on the radio station and, 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 and other things that have come here where, where you're the first or the only. Um, what's next for you? What, where do you see yourself going? You've done 15 years of this. W- what's the next 15 years hold for you? You know,
3: it's actually something I've been working on. You know, I've been, like I said, I've been doing this. I've been in the clubs. I've done some amazing events, but I also am like, okay, so how do I create some longevity out of this? Mm-hmm. Um, so for the past year, I've been I've been working on a project. Um, I want to. I'm pretty much building a, an audio lighting company. Mm-hmm. So my focus is now that you know day marriage has passed in California there's a whole new market there's a whole new community of people that are going to be joining together unions marriages ceremonies and all these things and especially in the Bay Area there's no sounder lighting company to provide that service to our community Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm and so, so my goal right now is to create the first company, providing the sound and the light for all of the gay community and beyond. Um, I'm working on it. It's called Golden Gate Audio Visual. and been building up all my equipment so right now we can do, you know, spotlighting, uplighting, you know, all kinds of things like that. Plus, I've got all the speakers, the sounds. So we've been building that, working on the website right now, working on bringing in a team of different DJs as well so that the goal is to be able to do multiple events at a time mm-hmm. you know so then maybe it's not just me DJing each event but I can have a team so that's kind of what I'm working on right now I'm trying to get it going by the end of this year and get us up and running by next year to start doing all the bookings but yeah that's kind of how I'm going to see some longevity within the industry yeah but
1: well, there you go again also and see where that out, takes me reaching out for others and and, and bringing other people on board again mm-hmm. getting back to mm-hmm. the bases that we were talking about at the very beginning you know and um, you know, I love that I love that and, and I hope that um, the next generation sees the benefit of that and continues that Some, there's so much me 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 going on these days that I hope we don't lose that and I'm glad to see that you see the benefit of the continuance of those types of things yeah, do you know. Thank you. Well, Val, thank you so much for spending on the phone of course and I really do look forward I don't know if I'm going to get an opportunity to go down there. I happen to also be one of the media um sponsors, so um, but I think my 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 daughter happens to also be a writer, so I may actually just send her on her lone journey. Um, to cover the happenings of the dinos. So, um, um, but if I do get a, a chance to come along, I definitely am going to sit in uh, to hear your your set and um, enjoy it like everybody else. Please do. It'll be, it'll be good. Okay. Well, you take care and enjoy yourself, okay? You as well. Have okay. a good day. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. There you have it. I'm so thankful to have had DJ Valg on here. It's everything again. Just remind you, she will be at. The Dinah playing on March 30th through April 3rd. Um, you can find out her extra schedule by going to the Dyna. that's D-I-N-A-H dot com, to find out what uh, day she actually plays on. But you can find the whole schedule, plus you'll need to go buy your ticket. Um, but if you are want to hold off just to see if you may be a lucky person, I will be giving away two... Pairs of VIP tickets to some lucky people out there, um, starting at our next um, our next broadcast next week. So um, you need to go ahead and listen in next week because you will only have two weeks in order to participate. So we're going to take another break. When we come back, I'll have Roth solo.
5: Um, just to entertain people and so it seems like that works you know I would say to young kids you know just kind of form your own identity and uh, and you know don't let others dictate how you should behave or think. Uh, you can always go to uh, sfoasis.com to find out about all the entertainment and nightlife that we have going on at Oasis. If you want to see drag we've got that for you. If you want to see some queer hip-hop parties or queer dance parties we have that for you. Spotlight
2: on success and achievement Brought to you by Wells Fargo.
4: Together, we'll go far.
1: Hello, hello, hello. I am back. And we, of course, just got through listening to Val G, DJ Val G. And now we're up for our, our next um, interview, which I also had the privilege of recording earlier because it, he's in the UK. He's in the United Kingdom there in London. And I had an opportunity to speak with Roth Solo, who is a recording artist there and has put out quite a bit of material um, but has um, recently released his third A full length um, um, album called "The Anonymous Icon," and um, though it is mostly um, new material, there are a few items on there, a few tracks on there in which he has released previously. But they got kind of a reboot, if you know what I mean. Got a little little bump up on him um, on it. Um, But the new single off of the album is called "Star," and there's a specific story behind that, and we're going to take a listen uh, to that um, at the end of our part one of this interview, and there are two parts, so I'm going to go ahead without further ado to bring on my part one interview with Ross Solo. Your uh, Anonymous Icon um, album, and I want to congratulate you on that, first of all. I know this is your third... Thank you. Your your third full set uh, album. Correct. And um, I'm just curious, can you tell me about the name of the album? Where Where does that come from?
6: Well, The Anonymous Icon, I mean, the name was inspired by... Well, I mean, the name was inspired by... There's so many people who are, like, icons and you know about them. And uh, then there's so many people who are, like, iconic and they do great things. But uh, you don't know about them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of like the unsung heroes of life, if you like. Yeah. Um, it was also a little bit of a joke because uh, some, you know, sometimes I, you know, I joke with my friends. I'm like, oh, maybe like thirty years after I. Uh, leave this planet I'll just like uh, become an icon okay. <laughs> and everybody will discover that he used to make nice music <laughs> <laughs> so for the time being I'm anonymous oh, okay. so that was a little bit of a joke on that part uh, but I chose to do it because it's uh, I thought it was and it was also like um, conflicting mm-hmm. uh, and contradictory in the, in the terminology uh, so I kind of rise nice ring to it it's so basically oh. it's, it's, it's about that
1: you, you, you know? talk so, about uh, unsung maybe heroes. I'm the
6: next another
1: like <laughs> yeah well you talk about you talk about unsung heroes and I know your debut yeah song is kind of reflective of that in Star what story the background story behind um how Star came about um what life experience kind of brought that to you I mean um
6: See, my mom is like my star. I've always looked up to her. Um, uh, she's, you know, she's a great woman. Uh, from a personal point of view, my dad had cancer, and she kind of nursed him for thirteen years, and she kind of like worked at the same time and kept the family together. And um, the when he got better, he obviously started to sort of like do his part as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you know, it was kind of like. Uh, Like, you know, and she's always looked after me and helped me out, um, you know, growing up with recording costs and stuff. And she was very supportive. And uh, it was kind of like a thank you song, Mm
1: -hmm. if you
6: like. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just felt she deserved it. Wow. So I kind of like wrote the song uh, on a superficial or on a more... um, uh, on a more sort of like, on a superficial level, I think maybe it's a bit more of the song, you know, is also inspired and and a little bit awestruck by uh, by her as a person, you know. uh, she, She was beautiful growing up. I had like this really glamorous mom and uh, she used to sing and dance and uh, strike a pose and all of that. (laughs) And uh, while she was under all of that, she always had time to do her hair and her makeup and her nails were perfect. And so it was like, you know, you're a star.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. uh, Now
6: what's the, what- So it's a a thank you, sir.
1: Well, I'm, I'm sure, Um, there was a lot put into that now one thing I know there's a video to
6: the video for that has a slightly different story okay and um, basically I mean usually I I don't know if you've seen any of my videos but um, yeah I have I usually take center stage in my videos I I usually I hope you like them (laughs) I usually take center stage in my videos for this one um, I kind of wanted to take uh, a little bit more of like a Sort of like a backseat. So I play a photographer and uh, there's a the model and uh, I'm kind of like, um, you know, capturing her beauty. Mm-hmm. And in the end of the video, she hits on me and she finds out, and I'm like, uh, I'm sorry, I'm gay.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: And I think uh, what I was trying to say on a subliminal level with this video is that if you look at, uh, if we study the people who have made it and who are like themselves and authentic, uh, they can teach us to, to be authentic without copying
1: them. hmm hmm and,
6: and that can be anybody from Brad Pitt to Scarlett Johansson to Vanessa Williams to whoever you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because the song talks about cherry red lips and blue eyes and what have you.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
6: so that's the inspiration for the video. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. Hey, you just got through listening to Star um, by Roth Solo from his album, The Anonymous Icon. We're going to take another break, and when we come back, we're going to have part two of my interview with Roth. We'll be right back.
2: The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence discussed activism and good works. Actor and director Rob Reiner explained how he got Hollywood behind same-sex marriage. Barney Frank described what it's like to be gay at the highest levels of Washington. From healthcare reform to transgender rights, from immigration to gay-owned businesses, it's all at the Commonwealth Club, and that's still just a portion of the 450 programs we present every single year, with new programming nearly every single day. Be a part of the conversation. Learn more at CommonwealthClub.org, download our free app in iTunes, and join us in person the next time you're in San Francisco. The Commonwealth Club of California puts you face to face with today's thought leaders.
1: Okay, thank you for staying with us. We're in our last segment of the uh, program today. And as I said before, we're going to follow up with my second part of my interview with Ross Solo. Remember, we are the Sunday, weekly Sunday segment of the Michelle Meow Show. And so we're going to finish up um, with my interview with the one and only UK's own openly gay recording artist, Ross Solo. It sounds though, because I, I I have watched your previous um, videos and I've also listened to the music, and it sounds like there's been a movement front for you in your p- previous music to yeah. a little mellower um, ballad type of form into something a little bit more upbeat. Um, what, what was the pro- what's the process of that? What's that journey? What's been that journey? I think uh, vocally,
6: I started off um, with the slower songs because mm-hmm. I was kind of like discovering myself as a singer.
1: Mm-hmm.
6: And I kind of like um, I felt uh, a need to express myself uh, vocally uh, sort of like with ballads, which kind of like expressed a little bit more singing
4: mm-hmm.
6: and uh, singing ability. And with the songs as well, I kind of like uh, uh, was... I kind of had like a Latin sort of like Eastern flavored sort of more mellow songs. I was also maybe experiencing, uh, discovering myself in that period. Mm-hmm. So it was, the first album was a little bit more of a heating process and a little more mellowy. And then I think as I got, uh, to the second album, uh, which I, which dealt with my personal relationships and, uh, you know, six breakups later, and uh, deciding if whether I wanted to be straight or gay or what have you, I was a little bit more like, okay, I don't have time for this shit. I just need to get to the point. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so my writing style, t- my writing style changed a little bit, and it just went from like uh, uh, la, la 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 to pam 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 pam. I just, you know, I don't have time. I need to say what I need to say and like, <laughs> and just get to the point. And also. um, you know you i uh, you I lead a fast life, so I think that might have subconsciously had an effect on my writing you know I mean I work forty hours a week um on top of you know having my own label and singing and writing and producing and doing videos, so I think maybe that kind of like made made me a little bit more um uh, getting to the point uh with star I think I kinda like followed in in that um I'm still in, like, that frame of mind. Uh, I, it's a little nostalgic musically in the sense that I use a little bit of horns. I'm a great fan of Burt Backlack.
4: Mm-hmm. And
6: I love the Carpenters, the way they used to do the harmonies. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, the, the, I'm, like, sort of like, I love that. So I did a lot of harmonies on this last song. Um, so that's how kind of I've, I've evolved musically.
1: hmm well, it kind of, but that
6: also... As you, I'm close, I go plus. Yeah,
1: but as you kind of mentioned, it kind of follows along how you've evolved personally.
6: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was kind of like quiet about what I experienced. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure you know, like as a singer-songwriter yourself, um, I mean you always write what you're feeling at the moment
1: right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's kind of funny that you make uh, to people, me that people have even approached me about you know the song that I've done this time is so different from not necessarily from the um, the music itself but from the lyric and the content you know in the song because I normally when I write I normally have written it yeah. about free to be yourself stand up for yourself all of those type of messages um, yeah, and and this one has, of course, nothing about that. So it, it is kind of like one of those evolution things, and and um, it, it is reflective in your music. Whatever you're going through personally, it is reflected in your music. So um, you know, it's kind of interesting. that, you point that out. Well,
6: well, well that's, cool. that's cool. I think I think that's. Uh, I mean, to me, that's like you know, like. Um, that's like, a, uh, I'm glad you picked up on it because I consider that an accomplishment. I think that's every artist's uh, uh, kind of like motif to be able to translate that to the listener. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure if I was to look at your, uh, like for you, I mean, if you're like saying for yourself and then don't you wish your girlfriend was hot like me, you've probably reached a point where you are yourself and you don't care what people think anymore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, well.
6: And you're confident in your own skin. <laughs>
1: Right, right. You know, well, you know, I've gone through those. periods
6: For you to have picked that song.
1: Yeah. Well, I I went through that period where you know, uh, being the person that I am and doing what I do, is that um, I yeah. come across people who aesthetically um, admired me, but when it came into a point where a relationship was involved or wanted to, they didn't want that. Yeah, and you know so it's like you want the outer me but you don't want the inner me and um, that was kind of what yeah. I got from the song um, now in my life today as opposed to when I first heard it 10 years ago so I did have to kind of um, as you do with anything you have to relate to the I have to relate to the music that I'm doing in some kind of way to make it authentic for of me course. you know and that's how it became an authentic song for me um, was taking those lyrics and, um, you know, kind of relating to, to something that's going on in my life, so, um, so that's been kind of great. Now, one thing I understand, I, I got this from, from Jeff, is that during your struggles of coming to terms with who you were, you actually did go to, um, a reparative therapy kind of thing, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, I did. That was, I think, in
6: 2011. Okay, that's eleven. that long. 2010, 2010, 2011. And then I, I wrote a little journal
4: mm-hmm.
6: as I was going through it. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, basically, I got to a point where my relationships were not working out. And I got to a point where it was like... Uh, you know, eight years, six breakups. Uh, I've never lied or cheated in a relationship mm-hmm. for some reason, or or some of my exes did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some some just didn't want a relationship for some reason, um, and I just felt you know. And I'm quite a spiritually inclined person, mm-hmm. and I just thought that uh, was I mean was this not working it out because. Uh, I'm meant by to be straight, and um, so and then I went online, and you know, it was just after a breakup, and I was, you know, and I was just like reading online, and I came across this, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to try this. So I I didn't have sex for six months, Mm -hmm. and I uh, went through this program, and I didn't go to a center, but I just kind of like went through the program. And you know, they kind of teaches you how to reprogram your mind to get attracted to the opposite sex, and it it tells you about um, uh, gender identification at an early age and what might have caused you to be gay and what have you not. And six months down the line, I mean, one day, uh, you know, and I was kind of like starting to believe kind of like my my own thing, and then this guy that I it uh, just walked into where I was working in a, in a shop one day and uh, I kind of like felt a straight attraction to him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay Ralph, I mean you still like guys, so you're gay. <laughs> and I kind of just accepted it like that and uh, I think it was a good experience for me because uh, although it was a little damaging to my self-esteem because when you're taught like your existence or like your nature or who you are is not really what it's supposed to be. It can really be uh, annihilating, if you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying.
1: Mm -hmm.
6: And so I kind of like thought um, after that, uh, you know what, I'm just gonna be myself. Uh, I'm a good person. I believe that what you give out, you're gonna get back. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was glad that I went through that process because now I'm in a great place. I don't have doubts anymore. Mm -hmm. And if a relationship doesn't work out or if a guy doesn't like me, I never think, oh, it's because, you know. uh, I don't doubt myself as much. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I was doing was I uh, was keeping a journal for that as I, during the six months, so after the six month period, and I I came to terms with who I was. I was like, you know what, I'm going to turn this journal into a book mm-hmm. okay. So I kind of fictionalized the characters And I uh, talked a little bit more about my experiences growing it up And uh, I turned it into a book And I uh, put it out there And you can find it on iTunes And it's called The Memoirs of Angel King
1: Okay Great, Great.
6: And uh, okay. yeah So that was uh, Strongest I mean that was just yeah
1: wow that's a wonderful story wonderful story um well and then it's a real story <laughs> yeah now that process it definitely had to affect your music as well
6: yeah I mean after that I wrote my second album which was on my too much and I guess maybe um uh, I guess maybe that probably triggered my uh, I want to get to the point mm-hmm. uh, style of my music uh, and after that, I started writing off tempo because maybe uh, You're happy. Uh, I didn't have time to wait.
1: And maybe you were happy. Yeah, I
6: was happier. So I, you know, I, I was happier. So I was a little more off tempo in my life. So I think that kind of reflects, was reflected musically. Um,
4: yeah.
6: Yeah. But I also sort of like, wanted to get to the point and live life. I just felt like, I don't want to waste time, I want to
1: live now. Yeah. Well, you're definitely, obviously, in in tune with, um, you know, you said you have a a spirituality about yourself, and you seem to be in tune with your mind and your body. I know you are a fitness model as well. Um, And um, keeping all of those things well and healthy are, are are good are good for you when it comes to being artistic like if you're a writer a sculptor a painter um a musician all those things you know I and mean, all those things are aligned and in tune your spirituality your mind and your body it seems that you're the you're the most creative to me.
6: It's true. I mean, I, and I definitely believe, like, uh, especially if you're an artist or a singer, you have to be in tune with your soul and your spirit mm-hmm. because that's where it comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know. I only speak for myself, but that's what I uh, I kind of, like, feel and believe. Well, I... You know, I mean, you can just take the face value, but I think, to you know, artists usually have a... Uh, uh, the, you know, they—they've they, got a like a deeper connection to mm-hmm. something.
1: So. I agree. I agree with that so much. Well, I know you're in London at the moment. Um, um, where do you normally yeah. call home? Sorry. I said you're in London at the moment. Is that where you normally call home? Yeah. Uh, so
6: yeah, that's where I call home. I, I live in
1: London. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. And do you do you come to the States to perform often? I, mean, I, um,
6: I, I've been, I've come, I, I go to the States sometimes for a vacation to Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, I performed in Miami a couple of years back, uh, but I haven't been to the States uh, to tour yet. Uh, but maybe hopefully that'll be on the cards. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
6: I do have a promotional gig for the album, um... Uh, next month
1: in London okay. so I'm kind of lucky,
6: looking forward
1: to that yeah well hopefully with the um, you know with this album maybe there there's some um, 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 opportunity there to actually come to the United States to, to tour as well
6: yeah I would love to I mean I, I've never been to the uh, to San Francisco or LA or any of the East Coast so that was uh, the West Coast story, yeah. but that would be
1: nice was well, a different um I'm sure you know, every area has their their distinctions um, that separates them from anywhere else. But you know, there there is a different um vibe in many of the the um LGBTQ clubs and those types of things and definitely we have a wealth yeah. of um pride festivals throughout the year. Um do you do any of the, the Pride festivals in Europe? Um are you I do Madrid? I said um, do you do any uh, you've done Madrid
6: yeah mm-hmm. yeah I Madrid uh, and uh, London a few years back
1: okay great and, those, and those uh, have, so
6: this year I haven't got anything scheduled yet but I'll be looking at that maybe closer to March April
1: yeah yeah well good luck Roth, on, on 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 um, anonymous icon and of course uh, your lead single star um after that single's played out, Thank have, you decided, so much. Um, have you decided what you might release next for your single off the album?
6: Uh, I'm not sure yet, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I haven't uh, thought about it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but some, you know, I, I, I'll think about it. <laughs> I need a minute to <laughs> of that. Of course you will. Okay. But maybe there will definitely be something. Okay. If not from that album, maybe it's a, a new song mm-hmm. that hasn't been heard yet. <laughs> okay.
1: Well, there's definitely
6: a, more music to come from my
1: way. I'm sure, I'm sure there is. A, you already have a wealth right now, but I'm sure there's a heck of a lot more, because there's a lot more living to do, so there's definitely more music. Well, you have a good day. Uh-huh. Thank you so much for taking a little uh-huh. bit of time out of it to uh, speak with me.
6: Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, chat with me, and uh, thank you. Have a great day. Uh, it's night over here, so I'm going to have a good night. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's
1: right. I keep forgetting. Um, okay, you have a good night. <laughs> uh, we'll take care, Rob. You, here, Robin, you, you be you again. Okay, there you have it. So you need to go out, and you need to go on iTunes, and you need to purchase the Anonymous Icon by Ross Solo. Um, He had some great music on there, and of course you listened to Star um, here earlier, and um, we're going to close out with one of his tunes as well. But I want to thank again Val, DJ Val G, for being on this program today. I want to also thank the Dinah and listen in next week because we are going to be talking about giving away some tickets for the Dinah, which happens on March 30th through April 3rd in Palm Springs. But that's all I have for you today. Also, don't forget that RuPaul's Drag Race is going to be here at the end of February, but I'm going to keep reminding you about that as we go on. But I'm going to close out today's segment going um, away with you with Ross Solo and another cut from his anonymous Icon CD. This one is called Last Night, and I'm going to say goodbye.